Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. I want to tell you about a letter that Benjamin Franklin, the famous founding father of the United States, once submitted to the Royal Academy of Brussels in 1781. Franklin was, as those who have listened to the most recent episode of Half Fast History will remember, at this time he was living in Paris as the US ambassador to the French while the American Revolutionary War was raging on across the other side of the Atlantic. Uh, And while in Paris, Franklin did a lot more than just represent the US in European diplomatic circles. This bloke was a scientist as as, as much as he was a statesman. And while he was over in Europe, He continued his scientific career in all sorts of ways, investigating this and that, meeting with other famous and learned people of the time, all sorts of stuff. However, it seems that Franklin didn't always think much of some of his scientific colleagues and their lofty, pretentious approach to science. And this is where this letter comes in. In 1781, the Royal Academy was actively seeking scientific papers with proposals to investigate the serious and weighty topics of the day. And Franklin, who was sick of all these other scientists mouthing off with their ridiculous, impractical and pointless ideas that were all, all, you know, dressed up to seem momentous and enormously consequential Well, he made a submission of his own. This submission was very obviously meant to be an enormous sarcastic piss take to mock these pretentious scientists, and it is a very, very amusing piece of writing. However, as I'm sure you'll agree once I've read you the letter that he wrote, he actually proposed a really bloody good idea, and it is amazing that almost 250 years later, we still haven't made any progress on the question that Franklin proposed. His proposal laid out a practical scientific question, something of some real substance and worth, something of use and benefit to society. And while all these other scientists at the Academy, they're walking around with their heads in the clouds, focused on abstract, meaningless philosophical questions that don't benefit anyone, Franklin is asking a real question. And that question, in this case, is this. Why are we not trying to figure out how to make our farts smell better? Here is a uh, a slightly abridged version of the text of Franklin's letter, a letter that has become known to history by the truly magnificent name Fart Proudly. Gentlemen, it is universally well known 
that in digesting our common food, there is created or produced in the bowels of human creatures a great quantity of wind, that the permitting this air to escape and mix with the atmosphere is usually offensive to the company from the fetid smell that accompanies it, that all well-bred people, therefore, to avoid giving such offence, forcibly restrain the efforts of nature to discharge that wind, that so retained contrary to nature, it not only gives frequently great present pain, but occasions future diseases, such as habitual colics, ruptures, tympanies, etc., often destructive of the constitution and sometimes of life itself. Were it not for the odiously offensive smell accompanying such escapes, polite people would probably be under no more restraint in discharging such wind in company than they are in spitting or blowing their noses. My question, therefore, should be to discover some drug, wholesome and not disagreeable, to be mixed with our common food or sources that shall render the natural discharges of wind from our bodies not only inoffensive, but agreeable as perfumes. That this is not a chimerical project and altogether impossible may appear from these considerations, that we already have some knowledge of means capable of varying that smell. He that dines on stale flesh, especially with much addition of onions, shall be able to afford a stink that no company can tolerate, while he that has lived <coughs> while he that has lived for some time on vegetables only shall have that breath so pure as to be insensible to the most delicate noses, and if he can manage so as to avoid the report, he may anywhere give <coughs> give. <laughs> he may anywhere give vent to his griefs unnoticed. <clears throat> but as there are many to whom an entire vegetable diet would be inconvenient, and as a little quicklime thrown into a jakes will correct the amazing quantity of fetid air arising from the vast mass of putrid matter contained in such places, and render it rather pleasing to the smell... Who knows but that a little powder of lime or some other thing equivalent taken in our food or perhaps a glass of lime water drank at dinner may have the same effect on the air produced in and issuing from our bowels. This is worth the experiment. Certain it is also that we have the power of changing by slight means the smell of another discharge, that of our water. A few stems of asparagus eaten shall give our urine a disagreeable odour, and a pill of turpentine no bigger than a pea shall bestow on it the pleasing smell of violets. And why should it be thought more impossible in nature to find means of making a perfume of our wind than of our water? For the encouragement of this inquiry, from the immortal honour to be reasonably expected by the inventor, let it be considered of how small importance to mankind or to how small a part of mankind has been useful those discoveries in science that have heretofore made philosophers famous. Are there 20 men in Europe at this day the happier or even the easier for any knowledge that they have picked out of Aristotle? What comfort can the vortices of Descartes give to a man who has whirlwinds in his bowels? 
the knowledge of Newton's mutual attraction of the particles of matter? Can it afford ease to him who is racked by their mutual repulsion and the cruel distensions it occasions? The pleasure arising to a few philosophers from seeing a few times in their life the threads of light untwisted and separated by the Newtonian prism into seven colours. Can it be compared with the ease and comfort every man living might feel seven times a day by discharging freely the wind from his bowels? Especially if it be converted into a perfume, for the pleasures of one sense being little inferior to those of another, instead of pleasing the sight, he might delight the smell of those about him and make numbers happy, which to a benevolent mind must afford infinite satisfaction. The generous soul who now endeavours to find out whether the friends he entertains like best claret or burgundy, champagne or Madeira, would then inquire also whether they chose musk or lily, rose or bergamot, and provide accordingly. And surely such a liberty of expressing one's sentiments and pleasing one another is of infinitely more importance to human happiness than that liberty of the press or of abusing one another which the English are so ready to fight and die for. In short, this invention, if completed, would be, as Bacon expresses it, bringing philosophy home to men's business and bosoms. And I cannot but conclude that in comparison therewith, for universal and continual utility, the science of the philosophers above mentioned, altogether scarcely worth a fart thing. Ending the whole thing with a stupid pun makes this letter all the more stupendous. But think of what he's proposing with this endeavour. The idea that when you have a dinner party, you don't just hand around wine based on who prefers what, but you hand around whatever this substance ends up being so people can perfume their farts as they choose with what? The express purpose of ripping ass over dinner so people can enjoy the smell? I mean... You might just laugh at that and, and, and dismiss it as, you know, being a bit of a gag. Franklin just poking fun at other scientists and their pointless philosophical pursuits. It's, it's not like this letter was meant seriously, but why not? Franklin raises a very good question. Why can't we change the smell of our farts? After all, we can change the smell of our breath. Franklin in this letter points out we can change how our piss smells. So why can't we change the smell of our farts? Well, actually, we, I suppose we can change the smell of our farts, just probably not in the direction you'd want to. You know, you eat a bunch of onions and broccoli, and you're going to be able to clear a room in half a second. And I mean, let's not pretend, let's not pretend, exalted listener, that we all haven't had to suffer through the dreaded cheese farts at one point or another. But why isn't there a substance that we can ingest that makes our farts smell like violets and primroses? What are scientists doing to solve this? Bloody hell, it's not like they haven't had time. Franklin gave them this idea for free almost two and a half centuries ago and still no progress. What are we paying these jokers for, mate? What are they doing bloody cloistered away in their labs with their test tubes and their Bunsen burners and their white coats? Where is Franklin's fantastic flatological pharmaceutical, might I ask? After all, as Franklin pointed out, the scientist who cracks the case on making farts smell good, allowing us to drop our guts in polite company and have people compliment us on our bottom bouquets... Well, this scientist would rise above the Aristotles, the Descartes, the Newtons of history. So if you're a scientist or if you're thinking of going into science, 
don't waste your time trying to become a bloody rocket surgeon or whatever. No one cares about that. Instead, take your chance to seize true greatness and find a solution for Franklin's unanswered question. Do so and people will be ripping sweet-smelling farts at the dinner table in your honour for the rest of time. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.